Hey, is this thing on? I am Queen's. Hi everyone, my name is Alyssa, and you are listening to the All Things Pelvic podcast, where you get to follow my life as a pelvic floor physical therapist. That may sound a little boring, but real quick, let me break it down. I bring up topics that most people find difficult to talk about, but maybe it's time we get comfortable with discussing the uncomfortable. I always strive for real talk, good vibes, and mostly all things pelvic. Join me and my guests as we discuss healthcare, culture, and real life topics. Are you ready? Because it's time to take a page out of my playbook. Hi everyone, my name is Alyssa, as most of us know, and welcome back to All Things Pelvic. You may have heard me talk about the issues in healthcare, especially within the U.S., and as we all know, I have no problem complaining about the many issues that there are, and today you may recognize the guests that I have on here if you follow my Instagram account. A few weeks back, I had a very brave mother share her story about her pregnancy journey, and she's here today, and I'm going to let her introduce herself. Deanna. Hi, everyone. My name is Deanna. I'm a mom of two. I'm a business owner, um, owner of Alluring Decors and Delicacies. And yeah, I'm just here today to talk to Alyssa about my story and my experience um, with the healthcare system and in having my child. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I I was actually just telling Deanna, too, you know, I think anybody who has dealt with the healthcare system in general, especially within the U.S., I mean, I think there are issues obviously all over. We can definitely talk about that. But there's been a lot of things that have been brought up, I feel like, especially on social media lately, too. I think social media is definitely a blessing and a curse um, at the same time okay. where we, yeah, kind of realize that there are so many issues. But then also you might have the mom saying, you know, especially maybe after they read your post saying, wait, the, I I went through that too. So I also Mm -hmm. feel like it's kind of a blessing in a sense where you can say, I I thought that that was just me. And I didn't realize that there were other people going through this too. But right. I it just shows that you're not alone. Oh, totally, totally. And I think that that Mm -hmm. is kind of the blessing of social media that you you aren't alone in this. I think I say that on like most of my posts that I that I like start to post (laughs) on my account. I'm just like, yeah, it's it's not just you. I actually say that to patients pretty much every day too. Like that a lot of them yeah. come in and they're like, am I the only, like, especially my postpartum moms, they're like, am I the only one with this? And I'm like, no, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. But this is all you, hun. Share your story. Go for it. So on December 8th, 2019, um, I had my second child. It was already considered a high-risk pregnancy um, after having my first daughter. Um, just a long story short with her, when I had her, she came out not breathing. Um, she was choked by the umbilical cord as I was pushing, so I had to have an emergency C-section. So just due to that, my second pregnancy was already considered high-risk, um, so they had to keep an eye on me. Um, throughout my pregnancy, I just was going through a lot of different things. Um, I don't know if I would consider them complications, but just having a lot of issues, Um with contractions, with a lot of pain, just several things that forced me to go to like ER a lot. And so toward the end of my pregnancy, um, 
I had really high blood pressure. I had a doctor's appointment, and when my blood pressure was checked, my doctor was, like, really alarmed. And they're like, you know what? You need to go to labor and delivery. Like, and they're probably going to induce you today. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay. So I'm freaking out during at this point, but I'm, like, trying to remain calm. I go to labor and delivery, and literally they just monitor me for an hour and send me home. They tell me, oh, you're fine. Like, go home. You're, you're okay. That's and I'm wild. like... I thought it was strange, like, you know, because I just felt like I wasn't being cared for like that. And even prior to this specific incident, like like I said, I had been going through a lot throughout my pregnancy. And so always having to go to the doctor and just feeling like they're kind of brushing me off. Like, oh, we'll monitor you for a little bit. You can go home. You're okay. This is normal. Like, wait. Which always kind of kills me a bit because it's like you. I'm sorry, honey. I didn't mean to cut you off. It's just like because no, I, I get so mad. <laughs> I get so right? mad over these things because if you already were known to have complications, right? You already known to have those things. Sometimes you're you are fine for an hour. You are fine for two right. hours. You know, so like, right. why not at least keep you overnight? Right. Right. And that was my issue. And my mom, too. My mom works in the healthcare system. So she's like, no, you should have stayed there. They honestly should have induced you. Your blood pressure being high, in addition to everything else that has been going on, like, you should have been induced. And I'm like, yeah. So once sending me home, well, before sending me home, um, when they discharged me, they told me that I would have to take NST testing or come to NST testing um, up until my pregnancy. So I'd be seen twice a week. So I did one NST testing. And after that, that was it. Um, literally after my, well, during my NST test, let's talk about that. So yeah, I was going to say, ne- explain, explain what it is and stuff. Yeah. Just so everybody. Yeah. Knows. So yeah. it's basically just when your baby's, um, heart rate is monitored, they kind of keep an eye on you for like, I believe it's an hour if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I can't I remember so. the time frame exactly, but yeah, they keep an eye on your baby, like your heart rate, just to make sure everything is okay. Um, up until your delivery time. And so on my first appointment, the nurse who was monitoring my baby, she kept saying, there's a lot of amniotic fluid. Like, she just kept saying it. So after a while, I'm like, well, is that a bad thing? Like, you know, and she's like, well, it can be, but you should be okay because it's only on your left side. And so I'm like, I should be okay. Like, you know, that kind of sunk in for me. And I'm like, I don't really feel comfortable. But, you know, being that she's in the medical field, she's a nurse. She knows what she's talking about. Mind you, she was a black woman like myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you had a the trust following... in her, like, automatically. Right. Yeah, of course. Right. Yeah. Of course. So the following day after I leave, I noticed that I didn't feel movement anymore in my baby. And my baby was very, very active, like, moving constantly throughout the day. And so I was telling my mom and my boyfriend, like, you know, like, I don't feel her moving anymore. And they're like, no, like, I think you're fine. Like, you should be okay. Maybe you're just overthinking. And so... Literally the next day after that, like I was having so much pain, like lower abdomen pain. And again, I still didn't feel her move. So by this time, it had been two days. I'm on my second day of not feeling movement. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to the doctor. So I go to the doctor and I find out that she no longer has a heartbeat. And so it just got kind of like, I just couldn't believe it. You know, I just yeah. was just in complete shock. And then it started making me wonder, like, was there something that I did wrong or like, should I have like been more persistent as far as like how I felt when I felt like they were just like disregarding me and kind of, you know, telling me you're fine. You can go home. Um, even with the NST testing with her telling me you should be okay. What do you mean? Should like, we need to figure out, you know, what's going on, you know? And so it started kind of making me question myself, um, as far as like, could I have done something to make things go different? But eventually, um, I, I realized like, no, you know, I just, I trust the medical field and 
you know, I did my best. And so moving forward, you know, I think I would handle it a lot different. Trust my gut. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, Definitely. first of all, I, I just remember first hearing your story and I, I, I can't even imagine, you know, right. I can't even imagine, but I, you did just like you said, you did the best you could. I mean, that's all you can do. That's all you can do because at the end of the day, you just, you do have to move forward. Right. And then that's again, all you can do. But when you do look back at these certain things, now you also know, and I know we've talked about this too, and you kind of, you wrote this in, um, you know, in the Instagram posts that you would handle things differently now, you know, and kind of like trust your gut a little bit more. I think I say that most days, you know, I think I say that most days, like even if you don't know what something is, if you feel that something is off, if you feel that something is off, then just at least try and do something about it. Right. You know, even that um, she was a nurse, a nurse was the one who who said that. Yeah. Yes. So even to her, even even on her end, um, at the as a healthcare provider, right? As a healthcare provider, I know that so we're human too. You know, like right. we are human too. So at the end of the day, sometimes we are just trying to get through our day. However. However, I always dial back sometimes and I'm just like, sure, you know, like do you know, am I getting out at like 7, 7.30 and I like, I'm, I, you know, I'm ready to like go home and do what I need to do. But at the end of the day, that person coming into me is coming in for help as well. So right. always explain everything as if they do not know anything that's going on, you know, at anything at all. So mm-hmm. her saying, you know, kind of to like, oh, you should be okay. It's. Explain to me possibly what's not, and then right, yeah, and then also what is okay with this? Like, right. why is the amni- like you know the amniotic fluid? Why is it fine for it to be there right now? Like, is there a reason right. why that's okay? So I feel like you know, on her end, she should you know she just should have like explained a little bit more. You know, instead mm-hmm. of I personally would rather somebody explain to me why something is going to be wrong than the sugar coating. Don't try right. to make me feel better <laughs> right now right. if like I'm not okay. <laughs> you know, if I if right. I'm not fine right now. Um granted, you also could have been fine right in that specific moment. Right? Like in that mm-hmm. spit, but her just saying like you should be, it just it goes back to the importance of like wording. And stuff right. too, you know, like, what do, what do you mean should be? Am I right. not? Um, and then even just you feel it. You obviously had that intuition. You had that mm-hmm. intuition that something was off, especially when you didn't feel her moving. So, you know, I, right. yeah. And, and even, even with that, it's, that does happen. That does happen sometimes where the babies just mm-hmm. aren't like as active, you know, they aren't as active. So, I can't blame your mom and your boyfriend for saying, you know, like, oh, you know, like, I'm sure, I'm sure it's okay. I'm sure it's okay. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, okay. Let's dial back. Let's dial back a little bit. Okay. And if, yeah. And if you're, you know, if you're okay, if you're comfortable talking about this too. Now, the aftermath, mm-hmm. the aftermath of everything. Um, I'm sure there was probably like a mix of emotions here you definitely yeah so talk to talk to me about that hun you know like how did you feel kind of afterwards and like what I know now though too you kind of advocate for anybody you know going through this so how did it kind of lead you into that 
How did it lead you into that? Well, um, from the beginning, it was very, it was an emotional time for me. Like just knowing, like, even after having her, knowing that I had to leave the hospital with no baby, like it was just, it was unreal. Even the first time um, during my first pregnancy, I had to leave my baby without, you know, leave the hospital without my baby. So because Demi, my first daughter, she was in the hospital for about three weeks. She was in a queue before we could take her home because when she was born too, she swallowed amniotic fluid. And so they had to get it out of her lungs and, you know, just kind of monitor and make sure she was okay before sending her home. So to go through it a second time and know that, like, I'll never be bringing her home. Like, you know, it's not like, oh, we we can go back and get her, you know, just like we did with Demi. It was just like, it was just unreal. And so um, also during my pregnancy, there's, I had a, a, I wouldn't say a friend, but an associate that I went to school with Mm -hmm. and she actually lost her baby. And so like, at that point I was like six months pregnant And I'm just like, wow, I couldn't imagine. So fast forward to what happened to me. I'm just like, wow. Like, you know, you hear about these horror stories and you hear about how black people or black women are unseen in the the healthcare field. And, you know, we're known to be invisible, as some people say. And you don't really see it until it happens to you, honestly. Like, you know, you're like, yeah, you understand. But I think it doesn't hit you until you're in that situation, until you know someone in that situation. You know what I mean? Um... So once I had my baby and then I knew that, you know, there was someone who else who had gone through my situation, I wanted to be that bridge for people to feel like, you know, I am hurt and, you know, I'm not in this alone. So that led me to wanting to become a doula, just to be there for other women. Um, And so right now I'm taking my courses um, from birthing advocacy and I'm in training to become a doula. And so I just want to, like I said, just to be that bridge for women to feel like they're heard and that you know, someone they're listening to them, to whatever their needs are throughout the pregnancy process, after having their child. And, you know, just that's, that's, that's my goal to just be there to support. Right. And I think that that's probably one of the best things that you are now taking this and turning it into a positive light now for other women, you know, too. And Mm -hmm. I think that's amazing. And especially, and I know you have a focus on black women, correct? And women of color. Okay. Yeah. And first of all, that is amazing in itself too. And I, so I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. There were times I would say, even if like you asked me like a few years ago, and it's because I don't treat anybody different as like a healthcare provider, you know, like I don't, but that was like very naive of me to think that, you know, like very, very naive because it, at the end of the day, people really are treated differently because of either where they're from, their skin color. Um, and I, I have had experiences like that firsthand with people like saying stuff on the street to me, you know, about like my skin color or whatever it is. And I try, I'm pretty much a positive person overall. So I'll just be like, oh, like something was wrong with them. Or like, I'll even like, I'll like, I'll kind of give them the benefit of the doubt when like that is not, that's not okay. That's not okay at all. Mm -hmm. And then just like you said, you need to go through something firsthand for you to actually say like, oh, no, something's wrong. So right. a few years back, I um, I was kind of gaining weight like pretty quickly. It was weird. Like I do have like a hormonal like issue um, that I've had since I was younger, but it was weird. It was like 12 pounds within like two or three weeks. Like that, that's a lot. Right. right. Like that, that's a lot. It was, it was just really weird. And like my eating was, wasn't different. So I go to this doctor and 
they were like, what's your background? I was like, oh, well, you know, like my mom is from Trinidad. My dad's from Guyana. So like Caribbean backgrounds overall. And they were like, oh, diet. You need a diet. And like before they even, they were just like diabetes definitely runs in your family. Like kind of just like, yeah, they, yeah, <laughs> you're a face right now. <laughs> right. And I know that that's a common thing in Caribbean culture and stuff, but I was like, Hold up, like you didn't you didn't check my blood. You didn't yeah, yeah, you didn't even ask me. Like I, I used to be like pretty big, you know, like I used to be like very overweight and stuff, and I did lose a lot of weight. So like you didn't even now ask me all of the things to like try to figure out what's going on with me. You are just assuming that I'm at home eating roti and curry. And like that's right. it. You know, like that's what that's like your assumption of me right now. So it like and that that really bothered me too. And they were and he it was a he. Uh, which which is, yeah, enough in itself. I feel bad. Right. I am not I know, I feel bad saying that because like all my male patients, I love you, but it like there, there's a difference. Like I personally do yeah. I do I would rather go to like a female doctor. Um that's a whole podcast episode in itself. Right. <laughs> but but it I was kind of just like, what what? Like you're just you are writing me off it's right unbelievable. now, and that yeah, and now I'm not black, I'm not. So like that's what happened there. I can't even imagine now like what happens you know within the black population a lot. One of my friends was telling me something the other day about how um, somebody just wrote her off right away uh, for for just ha kind of same deal with like being Caribbean and stuff. And she was just like, she wasn't even trying to understand like what I was there for. And it, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so I love, I love that you have a focus on that too, because like the more that I'm in it and the more that I do treat, the more that I see it, the right. more that I see it. And the more that I hear it now too, mm -hmm. you know, when somebody comes in, when somebody comes in, they're just like, I feel like nobody was listening to me. They keep on blaming stuff on like my ethnic background or and all this stuff. And that is a very big thing. And listen, there is research that like Caribbean culture, certain people of color, the black population, like there is, there are a lot of like diseases that go, and same thing with the white population. Like there are a lot right. of diseases that go along with a certain ethnic background, but there are obviously certain cultures that are looked at differently and certain backgrounds mm -hmm. that are looked at differently than others. So yeah. I love that you're kind of taking this and, and running with it and trying to advocate mm -hmm. for those populations that aren't. So that's what Most I'm all about. <laughs> that's what I am <laughs> all about. So I love that. Now, on your end, on your end, do you think for you that this is like kind of just part of your healing process too? I do. I yeah. do. I think because I'm a very spiritual person. So I think, um, you know, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And I think that this has happened for me to grow you know, and for me to be in the situation or the space that I'm in now to where I can advocate for other women, that I can be that support system for other women, you know, that I can tell my story so that women can understand, like, look, I'm not alone. And yeah, we hear it. But, you know, I have this direct representation that can show me and someone that can tell me, you know, look, I've dealt with this, too, and I'm still growing and I'm still healing, you know. And so just to be able to share, I do think that this is something that happened for a reason, you know, yeah. to allow my, my healing for sure. 
I love that. I love that. And I think like channeling that energy to help other people too, like that, that is going to be something that when you do finish your courses and when you, you know, start (laughs) and when you start and everything, like you'll see, you know, it's very rewarding when you can help somebody, you know, and help somebody, um, through that process and everything too. I, well, I'm obsessed with doulas. I <laughs> I really do. Like, I love doulas so much. Just be, And I think there's always something to learn, too. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I thought I knew everything there was to know. And I actually, I did a podcast episode with um, somebody that I met from a friend, like a mutual friend. And she she's a doula. She's a birthing doula. And I didn't know there was a difference between, like, a birthing doula and a postpartum doula. Post- I had no doula. idea. I thought that they were just doulas, right? Like, I just, like, thought they were doulas. And then I was just, like, staring at her as we were recording. And I was like, you really do learn something new every day. You like right. truly learn something new every day. I really didn't know, but I'm of course like I'm I'm all about learning through that. But I I think it's such a good thing for people to have. And it's something that's actually becoming more common now too, is people having doulas and just like knowing yeah. about them, along with like having a midwife, a pelvic floor PT, mm-hmm. like, like all this a whole collection of people. And I think it's so, so, so important for women to know that so yeah I actually work very closely with a doula um who is very well known she's very very well known um and she raises money for black women to go to pelvic floor PT and to and to do all these different things like that is what she does she is an amazing amazing human being yeah um yeah absolutely amazing and she that's literally what she does like like she just like fundraises and advocates for black women and I thought that that was one of the best that I was just like, I'm in awe of you like I'm in actual awe of you um for for doing that but Unfortunately, she was telling me, and I've I've actually talked about this on a podcast before too, but there's a difference with ethnicities to just location. And unfortunately, like financial, you know, if like, mm-hmm. fi- the, like finances and everything too. So, you know, she was saying that with people of color being at the bottom of the barrel for so long – they're also kind of the last to find out that there are like all of these resources and all of these things that like you could be doing um, right. because of because of that too. And now for you as well, do you think that that may have been part of the issue for you? Is that like you didn't have enough resources to like, you know, people telling you like you can go do this, like you can go do that, like in your like just within your healthcare experience um, no not necessarily um yeah. not really so much the resource thing I think just more so asking more questions for me yeah 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 for sure like and like why you know like why is this not okay like you said like you mentioned just being more open to asking why things um are the way they are like why is this okay or why is it not okay you know yeah I think more as opposed to the resources yeah for sure. And then even just to backtrack with even what I said, like, I, like, like, I have a lot of friends who are like, honestly, like on the richer side, you know, too, they're like on the richer side. And like, they felt like they didn't have resources when they were pregnant oh. and stuff too. So I feel like it, it definitely goes both ways. Like, and just, we, 
pretty much what I'm trying to say is we just need more resources in general. You know, like, yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter what your background is. We just need, like, more advocacy and, like, resources just for people to know about things, too. But, yeah. Yeah. So, with what you just said, okay. (laughs) Okay. I tell patients all the time, if you need a second opinion on something, like, please, please do. Like, please go ahead. Even if it's a second opinion from me, you know, like, if you right. if you don't think what I'm telling you is, like, what you would like to be hearing, first of all, but, or even just you don't think that what I'm doing even, like, is helpful for you, you know? And, right. and most of the times, like, I am very, like, I'm pretty thorough with my patients and, like, I will explain what I'm doing and why it's good or why it might be bad potentially too and, like, and go from there. But I say it all the time. I'm like, we in general just need to advocate for ourselves way, 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 way more. Way more. It's okay to question, you know, a professional. It's okay to do that. And there's also a way to do that without stepping on a professional's toes too. Right. You know, you don't have to say like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And like, you don't have to be rude about it, but just say like, um, you know, like, is there like, why, why are you doing this? Like, is there, you know, is there a reason? Is there, you know, and there's a way to say it. Um, and I think also I can't, like, I can't blame you for, for just listening to what the nurse said. At the end of the day, you were going to a healthcare professional, you know, like you were going to a healthcare professional and that is what she told you. That's Mm -hmm. what she told you. And a lot of patients and a lot of just people in general, like a doctor tells them something. Okay. Like that, that's what they need to be doing. That's what they need to be doing. And like, that's, that's okay. But sometimes it's also not, you know, like if uh, I, I've had plenty of patients kind of come to me and say, you know, like, I just kind of like looked you up and I just wanted to see because my doctor told me that I needed to get surgery. And then a lot of the times in my head, I'm kind of like, I honestly don't think you need surgery. You know, like I, you know, right. and then if I, if I really do think that, you know, I'll tell, I'll tell my patients, I'm going to, I'll be like, you know what? Like, why don't we just try this first and then, and then see how it goes. And then I'll even call the doctor too and be like, listen, like they're getting better in PT. You know, is there any other option for them? Because I think sometimes like that first line of medicine, surgery, you know, people want to do that right away. So like you said, just like advocate for yourself first, like do some research. And that I think is super important. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And then even going back with the NICU nurse, like literally after I had my baby, I don't know if she, how she heard or what, but she clearly knew that I had had her and she seemed heartbroken. Like she came in, like literally hugged me for like 20 minutes yeah that was it she didn't say a word yeah she just came in and she hugged me so I'm just like you know I wonder what she was thinking and I wish I could have had more context with her but you know during that time it just wasn't the time for me so I didn't talk to her or anything but like looking back I'm like I wish I would have talked to her or that I had the opportunity to have a conversation with her after everything you know just to kind of see what, what what she was going through or what was going in her head you know right right especially since she came in and there was silence for, for that right. amount of time. That's a long time. Like even, a long time. Even a few minutes is a long time to just like right. be in silence like that. Yeah. What, what would you, what would you want to talk to her about? Like, what would you say? Um, like one, just wanting to know, like, you know, um, 
like what made her come and hug me you know of course obviously because of the situation but like she obviously felt the need to come and hug me for a long time you know what I mean like obviously I lost my child's comfort yes but I think her knowing like you just saw me and so you know like I just helped you so it's just like you know like is there something that you maybe like wanted to tell me or you know Mm. just just I don't know I don't know how that conversation would go but just being open to have a conversation with her you know sure and I mean I think that says a lot about you as a person Mm -hmm. too you know clearly like empath you know (laughs) like wanting to like figure out like were you you know how did you feel kind of about that it goes back to my statement of like us being human too you know like healthcare professionals um and especially, it, it's weird though. It's it's kind of like a it's like a paradox, you know. Like you you were upset that she kind of said, "Oh, I d- you should be fine," but then you also right. felt kind of sympathy towards her, you know, when Definitely. when she you know when she came in and, and when she hugged you. And yeah. I know in the post that you wrote for me, you know, in your story too, you specifically said also you definitely you felt a way because she's also a black woman right yeah yeah um yeah <laughs> i have i don't know what to say with that you know like yeah i think i think there's like a lot of thoughts that are going through my head with that do you do you think that and I know it's kind of a hard question to answer, but do you think that maybe you would have thought differently if it wasn't a woman of color that was taking care of you? Yeah, because I, I too feel like I know, obviously, like how we're treated, black women or people of color, mm-hmm. but also being in situations where I feel like I'm not hurt by women who can't relate to me because they're not black. So I think that um, in that instance, I would kind of be like, you know, it's kind of expected. But being that it's someone who looks like me and knows the struggles that we as black women go through, um, I was I'm just curious as to why she didn't like look further or, you know, like there is a lot of amniotic fluid on this side. Let's try to see what's going on. Or maybe we should keep you or maybe we should take you to labor and delivery. You know what I mean? Like just offer more options to me and be more understanding. It just shocked me that she wasn't just being a woman of color, like, you know, and someone who looked like me. One thousand percent. And. I know you'll kind of never know this, you know, of like specifically right. what's going through her head and everything, but maybe it was, you know, like maybe mm-hmm. that was what was going through her head and, right. and stuff too. I know on a personal level when somebody comes to me with the same like cultural background and stuff too, and it's not to say that I take care of my patients differently at all because like that's not the right. case, but sometimes I will have somebody who is from the same backgrounds, like they'll disclose a bit more to me because of that, mm-hmm. you know, because of that, because there is that understanding of, of course, of course. Mm-hmm. And I think that's even just like how women empower women that, you know, we, right. you, at the, we're all women at the end of the day, but then of course you then have the other layers that go into it too. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're from Trinidad and Guyana also. Okay. Let's talk about that background. Let's do. And then I think there's always those other layers. So, at the end of the day, she could have, you know, she could have kind of been thinking that as well. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
with that being said, I do, I want to thank you for being on here and telling your story again. Um, and I think, I think, I'm, I mean, I'm kind of like, my brain's kind of like reeling right now just because like, <laughs> I even just learned a lot from what you were just telling me, you know, just like it and kind of learning more about your story is that like, at, I think what we can take away from this is that resources need to be out there more, which is something that I talk about all the time. <laughs> but then also your healing process is one yeah. of the most important things. And you are now channeling it into helping other people further, you know, helping other people further, which I think is so amazing. I can't wait to add you to my resource list. When, <laughs> when you are like fully a doula, I can't wait. I can't wait. When will oh, you be done you. with everything? When will you be like all completed with like the courses and stuff? Well, I have a, up until next year, February, but cool. I'm hoping to finish well before then. I'm almost like halfway through the course. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, amazing. And you're going to be amazing at it. You're going to be amazing. Yeah, of course. Well, because then you are now going to have that connection with your clients too, you know, with, um, you have been, you know, you've, you've had your baby and everything, you know, you've been pregnant, so you'll be able to, you kind of just help them through that. And I think that's an amazing thing too. Right. So I appreciate it so, so much. Of course. yeah, and I'm ready to have you on here again, of course. <laughs> of course. We can talk about more doula things in the next right. one. <laughs> or no, wait, what did we just what did we talk about before where I was like that could be oh, men versus women doctors. Yes. <laughs> Definitely time to talk about that. But where can people find you? Where can people find you if they want to contact you? You know, maybe share their story too. So you can find me on Instagram um, at Demi's Mommy. So it's D-E-M-Y-S-M-A-M-I. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. Thank you so much for being on here and for sharing your story. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to the All Things Pelvic Pod. Have questions, concerns, comments? Want to share your story? Remember to follow me on Instagram at the underscore pelvic floor playbook. DM me, share my stuff like it, and let me know what you think. As a reminder, this is not medical advice by any means, so don't be out here doing a bunch of nonsense in these streets. If you need me and want a vibe, you know where to find me. I'm out.